Two Fit Crazies and a Microphone podcast is brought to you by Vox. That's V-O-X-X, Human Performance Technology. And what is Vox? What we're looking at is wellness and lifestyle socks, insoles, and 24-hour wearable neuro patches. And Brian, I've actually worn these socks before, and I love them. Okay, I think they're good. great. Yeah, so that you know they have um, independent studies that show that they've uh, or, or, you know can help increase stamina, endurance, and recovery, and and uh, you know some stability, and uh, you know a whole lot more. So we've got information on this on our website. Uh, so definitely go and check that out at twofitcrazies.com under uh, podcast sponsor tabs. Who else are we sponsored by, Christine Conti? We are also sponsored by Conti Fitness, the best in online and personal training, a little mindset coaching as well, yoga, whatever you need, ContiFitness.net. As well as High Five Health and Fitness. So we create positive change in your life with online health coaching from High Five Health and Fitness. That's HighFiveHealthAndFitness.com. Again, all this and more on our uh, podcast sponsor tab on the Two Fit Crazies website. Go check it out. It is Christine Gandhi. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are Two Fit Crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Episode 108. Uh-huh. Brian, how you feeling? I'm good. I'm feeling good, always. You're excited, because we took a little bit of a hiatus yeah. between our last podcast and this one. Yeah. And uh, we're coming back at you. When that happens, I like, you know, I, I, you I, I need it. Yeah, I don't get depressed. I, do. I don't like, get depressed. I just like, when are, we, when are we doing this again? You know, it's a joy in my life. I just want to do the fun stuff, Christine. Right, I am the fun <laughs> stuff. I just want to, I just want to podcast and chill out and talk about awesome stuff. Yeah, none of this negative stress. Without, I think I told someone today. They was walking and doing a training, and there's like 40 people in the hallway, and I'm like. Hey everyone, I'm like, happy, it was like, happy Thursday, it is a beautiful day here on the Jersey Shore. Meanwhile, it's like, hot as Africa outside, and I'm talking about like rainforest, like 100% humidity, cloudy, just, oh, it's disgusting. And I'm like, the power of positivity is here, the plants need to eat soon, drink extra water. I didn't even realize that it was so hot and balmy out there until I went on the Facebook and people were bitching about it. Honestly, it didn't even bring like I I I guess I I went out there and still ran five and a half miles. I don't really care about this. Like meet me. And and it definitely does bother me when I'm running and stuff like that. But you know, it was just one of those things. Enhances your training regimen. Yeah, it's like swinging two bats in the on deck circle. (laughs) Right, it's like picking up something heavy, uh, but you know, it's just one of those things where I kind of didn't like realize how I guess bad it actually was until really until like the outside influence of the space book came into my life and it told me how awful it was, and I was like, get out of here, turn that off. I will run in that like Caribbean heat any day over the cold. I'm the opposite. Any day. Oh, we I talked will... about this with oh, Bart Yasso. Yeah. Yeah. I like, like the cold. That 100% humidity, I was like, bring it. Yeah. The sweat in your eyes, bring it. Bring right. it. I like the toughness. And with that said, that's a good segue into who we're talking to today. Uh, another sport that requires some... This is some... so cool. Yeah. All right. I don't know what you all know or don't know about rugby, but today may change your view. Yeah. We it changed have... my view. Uh, I was really, really, really happy with, um, we're going to bring you KJ Fury. How freaking amazing is that name? It's a superhero. And Terry Matthews are with us today with Rugby New Jersey. Now, many people, I mean, the main, I guess the main entity is USA Rugby. Right. 
and then there's divisions of that, and Rugby New Jersey is part of that. Yeah, it's a it's a grassroots um, group that uh, that is putting together youth programs for across the state for. Um, you know, kids to to learn the sport of rugby and and uh, you know and play the sport of rugby and have you know legitimate games and they have flag programs for uh, younger kids and then uh, you know the high school 15s program which is you know just regular rugby you know like they like you would play uh, collegiately or at the next level and um, you know just really 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 neat uh, you know how they're going about it how they're uh, helping these smaller clubs in the in the state organize and how they're. Uh, you know, recruiting and how they're going about it, uh, you know, and it's obviously a passion. It's, uh, you know, it's not a, a, a position or job that they're paid for, uh, you know, in any means. They've got a big group of volunteers that are just uh, have a passion for rugby and are out there spreading the word and, and, uh, and getting more kids and, and families and, and involved. And, uh, you know, and, and to the point where, you know, they're seeing kids uh, go off to college and, and play. There's only five um, high school rugby teams, I think she said, uh, KJ said in, uh, in the state. So, you know, there's, uh, there's some opportunity for them to play, but most likely it's going to come, uh, once they, once they get out of there and go to, um, and go to, uh, college, play either club or, you know, some sort of higher level. And beyond that, um, KJ did not play and, and she had her young kids play. She's going to talk about this and, you know, they went off to college and, and still play in their twenties and, it's really the character development that I think really got to me today from hearing their story. Um, again, Terry wound up playing football as a, you know, in high school and college and then got into rugby when he was older. And it was more the camaraderie. It was the teamwork. It was the really commitment to each other. Um, and I think you're going to hear that a little bit because, you know, we're, we're very quick to throw our kids into, you know, the dance and the soccer and the baseball and the t-ball and the, you know, some other sports that are out there. But I thought this was very interesting just to hear the character development. Yeah. And again, at the end of every game of rugby, they sit together as a team and they have a little meal. Yeah. It's you and the opposing team. And I want you to think right now, how often does that ever happen? Right. To really sit down with the person that you just battled rallied, I mean, yeah. fought, whatever it is, what does that say about your character? And I think that's huge, not just for the kids, but for the adults, the parents out there. And I think there's something to be said about rugby that maybe, maybe we've been overlooking. So yeah, well, I think, you know, the, the, the stigma involved with the sport that, you know, just me being the layman that, you know, looking at it from a distance and I've, you know, maybe caught it on the TV here and there and, and, uh, you know, showed, you know, it's, it's a great game. I mean, it's, I don't know all the rules, uh, for sure, but, uh, you know, the stigma that comes with it, you know, and, and, and how, you know, involving youth with that as a, you know, being a rough and tumble sport. But when you do get into some of those life skills that are learned on it, and it has a very unique, um, setup or, or, you know, just the, the way that the, the game is played and, and how, you know, the kids, regardless of size, have a purpose on the field and then they're all on the field at the same time and both of them play offense, both of them play defense. It doesn't matter where you are. It's just really neat. And you, and you get a really good insight to, uh, to that, um, from these two. And, uh, you know, obviously they, they're passionate about it and it's, uh, and it's a growing, growing sport. I go into a little story. It reminds me a lot of, uh, what lacrosse was in the eighties. Uh, lacrosse now is insane. Uh, it's crazy. It's everywhere. And I I think that uh, that they're really onto something here, and that they're going to be able to help a lot of kids and families, and you know, kids growing to young adults, and uh, teaching them a, a, a really good and interesting sport that uh, that teaches great life lessons along the way. Rugby, New Jersey. Let's check it out.
It is Christine Conti. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And the microphone. We are where it's at. Super excited topic and guest today, Brian. That's right. A L- little bit off the beaten path as far as sports goes, but I think it's uh, it's an important topic uh, to talk about and see what's going on and what's coming up with New Jersey rugby. So what I want to talk about, we're going to welcome Terry Matthews and KJ Fury from Rugby New Jersey to the show today. How are you guys doing? Great. Doing very well. Good. Thanks for coming on with us. All right. So I have to say, I was reading up on Rugby New Jersey. And now, first of all, our listeners span from, you know, people that are in all sorts of sports, from endurance athletes, to people just looking to get involved, to parents, um, to, you know, it could be anybody looking to move or looking for ideas to become more healthy, maybe live a quality life. And what's crazy is we met um, KJ, we actually met, Brian and I met you at the New Jersey Aford um, 100th anniversary that was, again, phys ed teachers, health and wellness in New Jersey this past February. And KJ, you have this incredible energy about rugby. And it's interesting because many times people think of rugby and they think, oh my gosh, you're going to get injured. That's a, that's a scary sport. Yet, A, you're a female. Okay, that's number one. And you have, with your love for rugby, and again, both of you have taken this to something that we can bring to kids. So, what is going on right now? What are you two working on in New Jersey with rugby? Well, um, to New Jersey. I mean, uh, the first high school team started uh, probably about 25 years ago. Our first youth team started about um, 20 years ago. Um, but USA Rugby had put out a call. Um, that they were looking for state-based organizations to really help to grow the youth programs. And we came on board in uh, 2012 as Rugby New Jersey, as the sanctioned um, organization through USA Rugby to grow the sport for children from 5 through 18 years old. So um, we kind of had to uh, pull in uh, many organizations that were already doing rugby Kind of pull them under one umbrella, um, join them, um, give them an excitement, and uh, bring them together to certainly uh, build the sport. And and how uh, you know in in this twelve or since two thousand twelve and this seven plus years, how how has it grown? How how have you been able have you been able to bring them in? How many clubs or organizations or kids are you uh, you know do you have working under you right now? Well, right now, um, when we're looking at our flag programs, which is the non-contact form of rugby, um, we have about um, somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 players um, throughout the state, from Bergen County to Gloucester and Cape May. Um, Certainly, the the player pool is in different pockets throughout the state, and um, they play the majority of them um, in the summer that so we do have some areas that are playing in the spring and fall um, and they're playing the sevens form of rugby um, which is flag um, and those children are learning basic um, passing throwing and kicking 
skills. Um, they're finding space on the field, having a wonderful time because the one difference with the flag form of rugby is that every child gets to run and hold that ball. So they all have the opportunity to score and feel good about themselves as they're moving forward. And it's co-education. Correct, Terry. Yeah, yeah. co-ed. So um, the other model that we've been encouraging and most of the teams have been picking up on it is that all the children from 5 to 14 practice on the same day in the same place. So it's easy for parents. They're not running to, you know, four different fields on a Saturday morning. Um the games are all festival style, meaning that, you know, the kids know if they won or lost the game, but we're not giving medals and trophies and honoring winners. So kids leave feeling good about themselves um, and come back the next week and start all over again. That's awesome. So here so is, that is that, yeah, yeah, that's our flag, um, flag portion. And then we move to our middle school teams. Terry, why don't you speak to them? Well, we, we gradually moved the kids up into the uh, tackle form of, uh, of rugby with our middle school teams. We usually play it on a smaller field, um, trying to consolidate some of the rules um, so that, uh, you know, at those ages of, four, of thir- 12, 13, and 14, you've got a real disparity in athletic ability, whether some kid grew up a little faster than another kid, uh, tends to balance out a little more. So we're, again, working on the fundamentals, but really working on the safety components of the sport, proper tactics, proper form, um, how, to, uh, how to approach the, how to, how to ruck, uh, how to carry the ball. Um, and and we, we seem to be uh, really kind of expanding on that right now. It's a, a, a while to, uh, to take off, but we're starting to see the uh, – benefits of that is our uh, our U14 programs are starting to expand now and that to our U16 and our U19 programs uh, across the state. Have you seen any play from the older kids like getting into the high school programs? How many high school uh, programs are there in, in the state of New Jersey and is that something that is really starting to you know look at you're looking to grow even further? Oh absolutely uh Rugby right now is the fastest growing youth team sport in the country. Okay. Uh, and on the high school level, we've been really working to uh, expand it. Um, our goal is to get more actual high schools themselves to start sponsoring rugby. Um, but we do have a kind of parallel club uh, and high school uh level of play here. So uh, there are five high schools in New Jersey that offer rugby on a varsity club level within their high schools. And then there are nine nine uh, town-based clubs that also offer uh, rugby. And uh, those will integrate and play each other. Um, they'll separate into divisions for our championships. But with regard to regular season competitions, for the most part, They'll cross over and play against each other, uh, schools and town programs. So I have, I have a question. We also have a girls' side on the tackle as well. Um, we have two U14 girls' tackle programs, one in Morris and one in Dunnellan, New Jersey. And then our girls' high school play on the club side. Um, and uh, we have one uh, single school that also has a, a girls' high school program. And... Um, they play the same rules as the boys um, on a field that's 
same size, and I think sometimes they even have a little more enthusiasm than the bull. <laughs> I believe it. Wonderful. They're a little tougher sometimes, too. Oh, no doubt about it. Yes, no we are. I have, a, I have a great question for you guys, and I know that, you know, again, there's a lot that goes into this. You're, you're developing a new, you know, again, this is a new sport for a lot of people. Parents, I'm a parent, Brian's a parent of kids, and, you know, most people, you're putting your kids into soccer or baseball. Um, I have a son who he plays flag football and he may or may not, you know, play through high school or whatnot. So speak to the masses right now. I know that, you know, you're working rugby, New Jersey, but you talked about, you know, USA rugby. Talk to the parents right now. What are the benefits of putting their children in rugby? Because I know that rugby gets sometimes it, it you know, gets that negative rap. You know, it's it's a bunch of people just beating each other up, and or or the give blood play rugby right. bumper sticker, right? I'm sure you love that one. Or the you know we play rugby and we bleed and then we just go drink and party. I mean, that's really not what it's about. And I think it's educating the parents and educating the people out there. So, what would you tell someone, you know, like like me or like Brian who has kids? Why are we putting them into into these youth programs in rugby? I, I think, from, from my perspective, uh, it's the ethos of rugby that really resonated with. Um, on a personal note, I spent eight years playing high school and college football, and played rugby afterwards. And uh, I was really drawn to the sport, obviously because I, I, I played a contact sport uh, myself, but. I was kind of amazed at the values of the sport that I didn't find in the other sports, the traditional sports that I played. And that, that may sound a little uh, odd, but with regard to rugby, there's a, there's a level of accountability and responsibility, and, and it's a personal accountability level that I think uh, really makes it a little different. Uh, on the field, the players can't talk to the official. Only the captains can. Uh, the coaches really don't coach much during the game. The decisions on the field are made by the kids. Um, there's accountability. Every person touches the ball. Every person plays offense and defense. So on an older level, for me, uh, I found those, those values of accountability, responsibility, um, teamwork, uh, there are a little more, uh, they're a little more prevalent and, and, and very present in the game. Um, football, you know, linemen are down with their hands and no one knows who they are. Um, you're you, running backs, quarterbacks tend to get all the glory. And, and you look at an average football game, when you take away all the walking around, the huddling, etc. there's 13 to 17 minutes of actual football played in a regular football game. And... In rugby, it's, it's pretty much continuous action for the most part. And, uh, you know, it, it's a great fitness experience. The, the health component of it is uh, fantastic. And, listen, there's a lot of talk that, you know, rugby's safer than this and rugby. I, I don't know that you can make that claim. All right, collision sports are collision sports. But I will tell you from a personal note, when I was headed up in football with a helmet and shoulder pads, I threw my body around with a bandit because I was invincible. And with rugby, you don't have that. You know, you, you, you don't wear shoulder pads. You don't wear 
hip pads, you don't wear knee pads, and you learn how to tackle safety. And the object is to take the person to ground, not to blow them up, as you're taught in football. And you keep your head out of the tackling. And I think those those physical components of the actual contest, uh, I like. Um, whether it's true or not that it's safer, I think statistically it is. But that could be an anomaly because there's not as many kids playing football as there are. I mean, but I'm a football guy who happens to love rugby and still love football. Um, but I, I found that the, uh, the sport has a lot of, a lot of values. And uh, I spent 10 years as a high school athletic director. And at one point, there was uh, talk in New Jersey about moving the post-game handshake after football games to pre-game because they were having so many problems at the end of games. It's part of our uh, charter that our teams, the home team, has to feed the visiting team at the end of the game. <laughs> I love it. So the kids the kids sit down and, and they sit with each other and they, they break bread, and whether it's pizza or sandwiches. Um, it's an important component because you realize that it is a game and you get to talk to each other after the game. And, you know, what happens on the field stays on the field. And there's nothing more, I think, satisfying a really fun game of rugby followed by listening to kids sit and talk and laugh and there's not that 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 crazed um competitive almost uh you have to hate your opponent mentality that you get with a lot of american competitive sports uh this is something where you respect your opponent and uh, and you sit down and you break bread with him or her afterwards it's um i come from a different background because i never played the sport <laughs> Um, but my children started playing flag when they were three, five, and seven. And right now they're 23, 25, and 27 years old. And, uh, they still play the game. Um, but what I saw over the years was their dedication, their physical ability that carried over into the other sports that they played. But most importantly, their self-confidence and the leadership qualities, um, that they um, have obtained and they continue to polish, um, you know, in their personal, professional, and in their rugby life as well. So there's a a lot to be um, We see some young girls coming through these programs, see them blossom. Um, you know, yesterday I had, uh, we had our awards dinner um, on a Monday evening where we give um, awards to our all-state players. We recognize our, our select side players who play in a competitive uh, um, tri-state essentially um, uh, tournament, but we also honor honorary collegiate all-state players, and these are players who played rugby in a New Jersey program but are now playing in college, and they're nominated by their college um, coaches. We had a phenomenal night on Monday talking to some of these young um Collegiate athletes. Yesterday, I stopped for a milkshake, and the girl serving me was like, "Mrs. Fury, Mrs. Fury, you know, it's Kira." And Kira was one of our all-state honorary collegiate players from Marywood mm-hmm. University. And she went on. I had a little more time to talk to her, and um, the leadership qualities that this kid has gained over the years right now has her in an ROTC program looking to um, have a military career. 
Um, and I, I truly believe that rugby helped her obtain some of these academic and or professional goals that she'll be uh, accomplishing. That's that's incredible. And, and, you know, one of the things that we do talk about quite a bit on the show is, is you know, just the life lessons and the and the life skills that we learn from youth sports and, 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 and where it is. And, and it's like you were saying with the post-game uh, meal and all this. It's rarely the kids um, that, that the issue is with. They love to compete. They love to play against each other. They learn these things. It's often the parents that are the issues, and we see it all the time. I, like, I, you know, give it, any given weekend, I'm going to come back and tell you a story about a parent at a soccer game. Uh, you I know, was thinking the same it, thing it, you are, Brian, it, about the parents, it, how yeah. much how that would teach the not just the kids, but the parents. If the lessons. coach and the, oftentimes it's like, all right, you, the parents need to let the coaches coach. And this in this situation, we even have the coaches taking a step back and letting the kids sort it out and figure it out and learn these lessons, you know, from from you know just organically. And uh, man, what, that, that's something I did not know about the sport, and it's fantastic. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Well, one one of the things that I think is also a benefit is, you know, there's team position on the field. Um, and each position really celebrates a, a, a different set of skills. And in, in a cultural time where there's a tremendous amount of body shaming and, and identity questions and whatnot, rugby celebrates all sizes and shapes and types. And I think that there's a spot on the field for um, a bigger girl, or a bigger guy, there's a spot on the field for a smaller girl and a smaller guy. And I think that those, it really celebrates everyone's individuality and, and, and some, each person has something that they bring to the game. Uh, and, and it's an important component of the game. So, uh, you don't have that, uh, I guess that mentality of, of, of shunning a, a particular type or, you know, this person doesn't fit the, uh, the, the eye test for this sport. I mean, we want, we, we take kids of all sizes and shapes because on that field, uh, your number nine is probably going to be, at least in a boys, boys game, is probably going to be that kid who's about five, seven, five, eight. And, uh, your, your number, uh, five and six is going to be that kid who's about six, three, six, four. And they're all on the field at the same time. And they're, uh, and they're each contributing in their own way. Another um, interesting part about rugby, um, our flag programs are generally refereed by graduates of the program. So these are high school kids that are actually in the center of the field blowing the whistle. And we have had um, children who coach, I'm sorry, who refereed flag rugby move on and now are refereeing adult and collegiate games um, and uh, traveling the world. So for children who... Really, um, for you know, one of many reasons may not want to continue in the contact uh, form of the game. There's other opportunities where they can grow. We've had um, collegiate um, students from numerous schools come on board as interns. Um, many of them studying sports management um, and work with us throughout our season. And uh, they have now gone on and have coaching and administrative positions at um, different universities from, you know, Life University down in um, Atlanta to um, Notre Dame College in, um, in Ohio and uh, different schools in between. So how are you going about, aside from this podcast and whatnot, 
how are people finding out? I mean, that's the big thing. I know that, you know, for me, obviously, this really opens my eyes. You know, when we met um, KJ this winter, you were like, you know, we've got this, you know, we've got Rugby New Jersey and we're starting these youth programs. I mean, it, again, I was a collegiate athlete and, you know, I had a bunch of friends that played rugby and they were, they were no joke. Let's put it that way. They were intense athletes and, you know, not every college has a varsity rugby program. A lot of them were club and those people formed, you know, amazing friendships and, and really even a lot of my friends played into their twenties and thirties that were just amazing athletes. It was a great athlete you know, outlet for them to keep going. So getting people involved now, I know that people like that would definitely be open to getting their kids involved now that they're older. Where can, you know, where can we go to find out more about what you're telling us? Or, you know, again, this podcast is not just in New Jersey, but, you know, worldwide. I mean, we want to get your word and this platform out there, um, you know, even more. So where do they find out first off about New Jersey? And then, you know, outside of the states as well. So certainly, um, uh, you know, we're a grassroots effort. Uh, we are a small group of volunteers <laughs> that are leading uh, a lot of people in uh, certainly a forward motion. Um, but our, our website is uh, Rugby New Jersey, spelled out, or, um, rugbynewjersey.com. So there's a lot of information there. Um, we also have a Facebook page, which is also Rugby New Jersey. USARugby.org, um, so our um, you know, national organization, um, has a lot of information on the sport and certainly any of the local um, contact needs, they would forward to us as well. Correct. Correct. And, and how, how much of a, you know, influence or instrumental is is usa rugby on your programming and how you set things up or is it you know is is the rules that you guys govern your leagues by um in in accordance with them is it state to state or do you guys kind of pick and choose of the age groups or or things like that um how much of it is overseen by them and how much of it is yours to uh to kind of pick and choose and change i i think uh, as as rugby progresses in the country, USA Rugby is taking of a hands-on approach on the local level and really focusing more of their attention on the national level teams. Um, so there's guidance, there's resources provided by USA Rugby, there's sanctioning for tournaments and athletes, but a lot of the um, individual state-based organizations are, are asked to kind of build it on the, uh, on the grassroots level themselves and use USA Rugby as, as a guide, uh, not necessarily as a mandate. Uh, I think in the past it was more of, of, of USA Rugby trying to hold on and, and control the grassroots level, but I think as the sport has grown and started to expand as quickly as it has, it's probably outpaced the resources of the national organization. And that's probably a good thing because I think it, it puts more of the of the the power and the structure uh, on the local level with, with the people who know their clientele, who know their areas, who, who know what works and what doesn't work, down to something as simple as uh, seasonality. Sure. Uh, when you go country, you know, the Northeast is, is going to have different weather ramifications than if you're playing down in the South or if you're playing down in the West or in the Midwest. So those things have to be taken into account to set up your seasonal calendars. And uh, so I think that... Uh, as we progress, you're going to see more and more autonomy 
given to the state-based organizations. And with US, uh, USA Rugby being more of an oversight uh, organization rather than an actual controlling uh, component. And with that being said, if anyone has any interest in starting a program, and whether it be a flag program, a middle school program, or a high school program within a school or within a community, we certainly um, have the ability to give you some guidance and work with you. We have a lot of startup programs through YMCAs and parks and recreation departments. Um, you know, we have some uh, flag programs that have as little as 12 children, um, and they're playing rugby. Um, and then we have other programs, you know, that have four or 500 kids um, under, you know, three or four different towns. Um, and our high school programs, we're looking to work with them. So, you know, we're not going to throw a new program that's essentially at a developmental level into a Division One game, with, you know, help guide them um, to gradually grow in numbers, grow in skill, and then when they are ready and confident to be able to compete, get them the proper playing uh, competitor. It's, uh, you know, I, I, a little bit of my background, and, and KJ, we spoke about this when we met in, in February, is that, uh, I, you know, I, I was a lacrosse player in the 80s on the Jersey Shore, and we had one club team that was organized by my friend's mom, and she grew up in Maryland, so she grew up in playing lacrosse, and, and, uh, and we had a ragtag bunch where we packed up vans and drove, you know, to wherever we can get a game pretty much, which was either North Jersey or even Pennsylvania. We we were all over the place, weekend warriors, and uh, she organized everything. We did it for a year, and then that following year, she put it in front of our school board at Manasquan High School, uh, Manasquan School Board, and it got approved. And, you know, she got she rallied everybody. She got them out to vote. All the parents went out and voted. And we were a JV team for the first couple of years. But we were NJSIAA, uh, you know, uh, involved with with uh, with everything. And then, you know, later in my high, by the time I was out of high school, we were varsity. We were horrible. We couldn't play. We were just a ragtag bunch. Like I said, we were, you know, our skills, uh, were, were okay. Uh, our, our, our coach was a hockey coach, um, that, you know, was able to, you know, convert it a little bit and had played some lacrosse. He was a great guy, uh, Mike Dowd. Got, he's, uh, still coaching on the Jersey Shore. He's a fantastic guy and a mentor to all of us. Um, and, you know, honestly, slowly but surely, these schools started picking up. We saw, you know, the pub, the private schools started, you know, picking up the lacrosse teams, and then, you know, some of these other schools did, and then the girls took it and ran. They, you know, their sport's a little bit different on the on the girls' end than the boys' end, but uh, less equipment involved, and there was less, less entry-level uh, cost, I believe, and it went crazy and now as you could see you know there's every there's a short conference tournament um you know there's lacrosse all over the state of new jersey um and you know manasquan is one of the better teams and you know it's uh, they're way better than we ever were um but you know it, it's just one of those things like it was grassroots like to, to like you had said you know it was a handwritten permission slip and a, and uh you know here's where we meet and here's where we practice and we'd have people volunteering as coaches and then maybe it played a little bit in high in college uh you know wherever they went and there was a lot of hockey players and converted 
and you know just don't just i mean i know you guys are rolling but don't underestimate it i mean it could really really it's it's um you know the whatever lacrosse has become in this state um you know you mentioned rugby being the uh the fastest growing sport you know i gotta believe that you probably took over uh, uh from lacrosse because at that point i think lacrosse is pretty well grown by now um you know so it, it's just fantastic and i'm seeing so many similarities for where you guys are right now and what you're doing and actually forget it you guys are farther ahead than we ever were but um you know it's it's gonna happen and it's uh it's really neat that you guys have this passion to bring this stuff to the kids because it's, uh, you know, it's fun. So here's my, uh, here's my question for you. You talked about, obviously, you know, the sport, the physical. Again, we are health, wellness, you know, nutrition, you name it, inspirational stories. That is our listening base. And what is the most important thing that I would love for you to just get out to our listeners? You mentioned it. And I want you to go back to it that if your mind's not right, nothing else matters. You spoke about people, responsibilities. I even wrote this down. You spoke about personal accountability, responsibility, continuous action, teamwork, just the values that rugby instills. And I still love, I mean, again, in college, I remember the rugby teams came in and then they would all stay over and they'd party. I mean, obviously these are kids who would, but I always remember that as a collegiate athlete, as an athlete, you had that, this is our team. That's their team. You hate that person that you respect them, but you don't have to like them and marry them and hang out with them. Whereas it's almost, you have that mutual respect where you share the stories and that's character. I mean, you're, you're really building character to say, we played against each other, but now we're going to sit down and we're going to talk and we're going to share. And every day we put on our pants one leg at a time and we're all people and we all have feelings and we all work hard. And one of the things I was noticing on your website or the Facebook page is that you had a keynote speaker at your dinner on Monday. And I would love, I mean, I'm a, I love speaking I'm big with keynotes because you don't bring people in unless they have some sort of message or some something they've been through that they can pass on. And I would love for you to maybe share with our audience, again, you, you have this, this great season, you bring everyone together in the end, and you bring this keynote in. What was that speech about? What did, what did he leave everybody with? And who was it? Um. Uh, the, our keynote speaker was Phil Torigno, and he is an assistant uh, coach at West Point Army uh, Men's Rugby Club uh, rugby team. And um, he had worked with our um, select side sevens athletes in the fall, and we were most impressed. And we asked him to come and speak about commitment to the game. And um, he, uh, the long and short of his talk was three points. What can I do as a player to make my team better? How can I help my teammate um, be better to build a team? And the third was... Um, How do we just make everything better? Everything better. As a result, is personal accountability, then team accountability, and how they work together. Um, and you have to be committed to those things from the get-go. It's not about me. Uh, it's, it's about a we, the idea... Um, but in order to work together, you have to work on yourself first. So he, he kind of broke it down for the kids. It was a 12-minute speech, um, but it really resonated with the kids, the idea that you, know, you, you focus on you first, 
Then you focus on you and your teammates. And once those things, the others take care of it because you're ready then to take that next step in the big situation. Uh, and you're not ready if you're not committed. You can talk about being committed, but if you haven't been committed to yourself first and you haven't been committed to your teammate uh, in, in trying to make everyone better, then you can't expect to have that that result that everyone wants, but not everyone's willing to put the time and the effort in to get. And I actually posted some photos from the dinner this morning on our Facebook page, and um, I was looking at them. You know, they were in sequence of when Phil was speaking, and when I scanned the audience with the pictures, there was not one person who was just not looking attentively at him. Um, he had everyone's attention throughout the time um, of his talk. So it was really a, it was a moving night. It really was. I taped a little bit of it so we can put it up on the website as well. Those, uh, those West Point guys, they'll uh, grab your attention, no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> Terry and KJ, I think exactly what you just said, um, that commitment, the character, that's really why rugby is going to take off for, for both of you and for this state. And, you know, these youth programs need that. They need to lead with, you know, you lead with self. And when you take care of self, you can take care of team and take care of the we. And and that sometimes I think is missing. And even what you said, you know, you're taking care of the kids. The kids are interacting with each other. They're taking more responsibility. The parents are getting involved with other team parents. This is This is a lot bigger than just what's on the field. And that's what is such an amazing thing. And I hope that all of our listeners, you know, take a moment and maybe rethink or think for the first time about, you know, maybe getting their kids involved in rugby and saying, you know, what, what could this do for us to benefit? Because, you know, it's, again, many people do sports specific for their kids. And I know Brian and I talk about it all the time that you want to get the kids out trying new things, get them uncomfortable, get them in new experiences because that only helps them in the future. So we are super excited for you and your path. And obviously, we are going to promote everything that you're doing on our social media platforms. We'll get Rugby New Jersey out there from our end. And please let us know you know, what we can do to help spread the word as well. Thank you. Thank you so much. Uh, and our pleasure. Our pleasure. Real quick, before we get out of here, just uh, besides the websites, which we're going to post, tell us uh, where else we can find you, social medias, things like that. You're on Facebook, Instagram, and everywhere? Actually, uh, right now we're just on Facebook. We've been working on our Twitter. Yeah, we're uh, pulling in some extra help to uh, get us going a little bit. So Facebook, <laughs> right for now. All right. Awesome. And awesome. so we have Facebook where Rugby New Jersey is Facebook, and then the www.rugbynewjersey.com is where we're going to find all of your contact information if people want to, you know, start this up in their community or just find out where they can do it. They can go there, correct? Absolutely. All right. Get at yeah. them, folks. Get at them. We'll get your kid on the rugby field. Perfect. Yeah. Well, KJ and Terry. Terry, thank you so much for spending some time with us, enlightening our listeners. And um, with that said, Brian... It's Christine Conte. And I'm Brian Prendergast. And we are two fit crazies. And a microphone. We are where it's at. Peace.